What's up, you beauties? Welcome to another HW, in case you missed it, where I'll catch you up on all the daily news around the NHL and any news pertaining to your Philadelphia Flyers, just in case you missed it. And if you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Spreaker. Quick shout-out to our affiliate sites, fullpresscoverage.com and bellyupsports.com. Bellyupsports, they do what the others don't. And while you're listening to the episode, check out our site, hwhockey.net. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching live, you already know who this handsome gentleman is to my right, left. Mr. Jamie Baskow, the Mr. Flyers Nitty Gritty. Dude, it's been too long since we've had you back on the show. How have you been, brother? Uh, This is an honor to come on, man. I've been great. You know what? Your intro reminds me of something. Every time Keith Yandel, uh, you know, Rossmus Rissalina scores on the power play this year, I want a freaking flying salami. I want salamis <laughs> on the ice, man. Forget that stuff, man. You know, dude, I want salamis. Forget that octopus and all this other crap, you know, that gets thrown on the ice, man. I want flying salamis on that ice. Forget that. What is that? What is that? Is that a thing? I don't, dude, I don't know, but Keith Yandel is going to make it a thing. With the way Chuck Fletcher talked about Keith Yandel this past week, man, it makes me think of salami. Salami, you know what I mean? Forget it. Yeah, that's going to be our thing. That's that's pretty good, actually. No, instead of octopus, it. instead I, I, of catfish. Dude, we got to make it a thing. You know, just... that's, that's it. You know what? From the press box, I'm throwing salamis on the ice. Get that. Are, can we can we actually get that, man? Are we, we going to be patted down for salami? Oh, uh, you know what? They'll be all right. You know, <laughs> I'm to take some food in. Is there a specific kind? Do you need the whole like the whole uh, roll of salami? Or do you, man, you now we're talking. The lunch all right, now we're getting frisbees. into different spreads. <laughs> I shop it like man. I go to food line and you go to this one case and you see all this like fancy salami and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, like me, I love salami. You know, so I'm looking. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but then just, you go to Acme and they got they got a nice spread too. But you know, you go to some stores, man. They got this chintzy salami. You know, you don't want stop. that chintzy salami, man. Yo, you want the salami flying, dude. This that's so Philly, actually. Just if there's a hat trick, just throw just throw lunch meat on the ice, old, dude. I like I am so happy at these additions. You got Ross Smith's wrist aligning, who has a howitzer of a shot. You got Keith Yandel who has a howitzer of a shot. There's two things, right? Power play, right? I mean, the power play's been shit for the past two years, right? Two, three, four years. I mean, it's been, you know, mediocre at best, right? But now you got them two into the fold. You get rid of ghosts. You know, and and I love ghosts. And we talked about this before. You know, ghosts and I, you know, uh, we got along very well. He's, I'm happy he had a really good year this past year. But it was time to change face on, you know, for quarterback of the power play, whether it be on PP1 or PP2. They both needed, you know, a resurgence, a, a resurface, I should say, a refacing. A, a, a refacing is probably the best word. I'd agree. You know, with Keith Yandel and Rossmus Ristolainen, you don't know who's going to come at you, you know, come at you. It could be either or, you know, because I, I, I presume that they're really trying to groom Provy into a quarterback of the power play somehow. But then you have, you know, Cam York waiting in the wings as well. So, but, yeah, I think both of them bring a house of her shot. Yeah, Salami's flying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dude, how much pressure does the additions of not just one, not two, but three 
defenseman. They know how to move the yeah. puck. They know how to put the puck in the net. How much pressure does that take off, you know, your workhorse like Ivan Provorov and even Travis Sanheim, you know, who, who you know, we were all kind yeah. of depending on to produce right away. And, you know, now it's, it's going to kind of be spread out a little bit. When you're looking at the D pairings, I would, pr- I would put Rissalainen in with Sanheim. Uh, I, of course, everybody pretty much – that's how we already have it written, right? Yep. So, like, we, uh, that is the biggest gamble. Can Rissalainen in, in a reduced role who take away his analytics – he's a bad analytics player, I get it. But now he's in a reduced role with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's no longer that guy where the line – you know, where the line light is shining on him. He doesn't have to be that guy anymore. Let's see how it goes. Just have an open mind. I have an open mind. Uh, I, I like that he's tough. I like that he could clear the porch with the best of them because I'm tired. Jim, I mean, you've been watching games. How many times do you see, whether it be on the power play or whatever, that you see players just camp out in front of the net? It feels like they could have a lunch from McDonald's, go through <laughs> that long drive through line, right? And you go and you get a McRib, and then they're able to eat the McRib, you know, in the crease and then deflect the shot home. You know, yeah. and then say, yeah, baby, I got that McRib. You know, like, I, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. So, Rasmus brings something to the game. You know, Ryan Ellis, I think, has a great partner in Ivan Provorov. And I think that Ryan Ellis is a perfect partner for Ivan Provorov. I think I, I think Ivan needed that in, in uh, a veteran 1B one, one guy. You know, uh, because I, I would put Ivan 1A and then Ellis 1B. but Or they could go vice versa, interchangeable there. But then, you know, you had Justin Braun, who was playing out of, you know, position last year as a top, you know, top line, you know, top defensive pairing guy. Yeah. Yes, he is a vet, but he could only do so much. He's not that – he's not Ryan Ellis caliber, you know, level there. So I, I, I like the uh, deep pairings as they are set forth in terms of Ivan Provorov, Ryan Ellis, Travis Sanheim, Ristolainen, and then you have Keith Yandel paired with uh, Justin Braun. I, th- I think they're great. I, I think that's a great defense. And you, when you look at it on paper, it's a heck of a lot better last year than last year. And I can tell you there's two goalies that are going to benefit from this, Carter Hart and Martin Jones. That's for sure because they're going to be able to see every puck. They're going to be able to see every puck. It's it's just going to happen. Hey, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think they, you know, these moves are going to allow, like we mentioned, you know, the guys like Provorov, Sanheim to play more of their game. And hopefully, yeah. even with the addition of Martin Jones, you know, it's going to allow Carter Hart to hopefully relax a little bit more. Well, and when I say relax, I mean just enjoy playing hockey and have fun. You know? Well, I think he's. I think he's going to have a big rebound year. That Martin Jones won't have to be the X factor. That's mm-hmm. what I'm hoping for. Like I know the Flyers have 15. You know, back to backs. You know that Philly fans know that. So you figure at least there's 30 games there, possibly. You know, well, there's 15 games there for Martin Jones because of 15 back to back. He's going to at least play 15, and then you throw another 15 on top. So he's at least looking at 30. Uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, hopefully Carter Hart's able to play 52. But I think that uh, Carter Hart, I, at least, at the very least, has a big rebound year, and I'm banking on that. I really am. Like, uh, there is no way that this young man, with the way he was talking, you can see it in his eyes at exit interviews and stuff. Like, you see how last year it took a toll on him. He was pissed off. Yeah, He was pissed off at himself because he let in – he allowed some goals that he knew he should have saved. 
No doubt about it. No hands down. You ask him about it, he'll tell you he should have made that save. And he, he is spitting the truth. And, you know, some people don't believe that, you know, or want to, you know, make something out of, you know, nothing. But Carter Hart is one that's a perfectionist. Uh, if he gives up one goal, he's pissed off, you know. And, I, you know, as a perfectionist, you don't like to give up anything. Yep. And I, I'm sort of that way when I move along. You know, if the grass <laughs> isn't, you know, exactly right, I'm mad, man. I go back and I remow it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you, dude. It's got to be that fine tooth. You know, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Dude, I hear you. But that's I, part of being a perfectionist is where I'm getting at. And that's what Carter Hart is. He's a perfectionist, and I think he's going to rebound. I can't agree more, dude. I, I'm not really worried about Carter Hart like, uh, you know, a lot of fans are. And, hey, rightfully so. He had a bad year. Um, the Flyers were bad all around, though. And yeah. Yeah, I'm expecting yeah, and, no and it's going to be more of a normal thing, a, norm, a normal year, you know, for Carter Hart. And so I'm expecting a drastic improvement, you know, as, as I think you are as well. I mean, yeah. and, when I, well, and when I say drastic, we're just going to see Carter Hart be himself, you yeah. know? Let's see, there's a few things, and there's a reason There's a reason I feel very high about this. Not very high, but, like, there's a reason I, I feel that this team can sort of right the ship from last season. And I think that the special teams are going to be far better than – they were last year. Like the power play and penalty kill really hurt the Flyers. I don't care what it is. Anybody can say whatever. I look at those two focal points there, right? If the Flyers' power play was just like say say sixth or seventh in the NHL, are we would they really miss the playoffs? I'm not so sure. They may have made the playoffs because there were games there where the power play was really at focus and they could they went like 0 for five or 0 for six and even in some games, you know, against the Buffalo Sabers, a terrible team where they lost nine nothing you know, or six to one and stuff, but they still had like eight power plays. And I'm like, hold on, how the heck are they losing, you know, six to one and you had eight power plays or something. Yeah. I'm like, what, what is going on here? You know, you, you factor in that they would have won that game. They score eight power play goals. You know, they <laughs> won that game nine, six. Now, hypothetically, would they score eight power play goals? No, but you get my drift. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the penalty kill was terrible. They were 30th in the NHL, 73.1%, you know, success rate. It's got to be better. No excuses. I don't care, COVID or what, you know, or whatever. They were just terrible. They, mm -hmm. they under-exceeded expectations. Let's call it how it is. You know, whatever reason, whatever went on, whatever went on in the locker room, nobody really knows the whole detail of, like, what actually went on. Because the media, we weren't allowed in the locker rooms this year. Everything was via Zoom you know, due to COVID. And I understand that. And I'm not knocking COVID by any means. And I, I don't want people to think I'm just saying, oh, because no, I, I like COVID is a serious thing. You know, I understand why they did what they did. They had to keep everybody safe. I get it. But, you know, nobody has the full detail of what went on. Evidently, something went on and something went on because they have five guys now, five former players, five, five players now that were former assistant captains. So something went on inside that locker room that we don't know about. Yeah, I would agree. And let's kind of touch on some of these guys a little bit because you're talking about power play and, and PK a little bit. And a guy who we could see on both the power play and penalty kill, uh, Cam Atkinson, who is a part of the you know uh, roster turnover, You know, a huge guy, a huge voice in the room, and Jake Voracek going the other way. Tell us what we can expect from Cam Atkinson and how you think he's going to help this team moving forward. Uh, he reminds me of Tyler Pitlick. You're getting a you're getting a Tyler Pitlick, balls of the wall guy that never takes a shift off. 
just a, a high energy guy, just like Chuck Fletcher said, he's very high energy. Uh, you know, a guy that could, what I like is that he could be a scoring threat shorthanded. Uh, he's had 12 shorthanded goals since dating back to the 2016-17 season. Uh, Cam Atkinson is one that could pot a goal, you know, even five on five at even strength, you know, with the best of them. Uh, you're not going to get the production that you got from Jake. I, I don't look for Cam Atkinson to pot 60-plus 60, points like Jake Borchek did. But it's not about the production in terms of Cam Atkinson. The thing is, is that the penalty kill was that bad that it it, it, it reflected as such in their in their record. And that's why I think that Chuck Fletcher made it a point. Hey, I'm going to trade Voracek. This is the point producer. Somebody else come pick up the points, whether it be Travis Konechny, you know, or Joel Farabee, because Joel Farabee took a heck of a step forward this past season, sure right? Did. So we're hoping that Travis Konechny writes the ship and then comes back to fold and then is able to pick up where, you know, Atkinson leaves off in terms of production. Now, I'm not saying he can't hit 60 to 60-plus points. I'm not saying that, but I'm not expecting that. I'm yeah. expecting about 35 to 40 points for Atkinson, balls to the wall guy, you know, that pots a, a goal shorthanded here or two, you know, just like Kevin Hayes. People don't want to admit, but Kevin Hayes has 11 shorthanded goals dating back to 2016-17 as well. He's only one behind Cam Atkinson. That's what I'm looking for in terms of Cam, a high-energy guy. I love it, dude. And that's what this team needs. They need a guy with yeah, a motor. They need you that. Know, a positive mm-hmm. guy. He's gonna. It's funny because Ryan Ellis is one of my – you know, more favorite players in the NHL. And ever since the Flyers have traded for Cam Atkinson, it's like, man, yeah. how have I not watched this guy so much before? Like, mm-hmm. he, he's everything that I, I I enjoy watching in a player. It just looks like he has fun playing the game. And to me, that's sort of refreshing because, you know, it's, it's a business to a lot of these guys now. It's their profession. Yeah. You know, they're making all this money. Uh, to play a game, only it, it's not so much a game anymore, you know? It's it's a yep. job. And with a guy like Cam Atkinson, like I said, it's like a breath of fresh air because you can tell that he just enjoys it, you know? It's yep. fun for him. And yeah. um, and it's going to sound cliche or whatever, but when you're playing a game, you're doing what you love and you're having fun doing it, you're yep. going to excel, you know? And, yep. and the guys around you are going to be the same. It's infectious, you know, just like, yep. just like negativity is infectious. So is positivity. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what, how, what kind of impression he makes on the roster. Yeah. Ryan Ellis is going to make a favorable impression uh, right away, right away. Uh, you know, Ryan Ellis, uh, Cam Atkinson, uh, Nate Thompson, who's been here before, you know, uh, th- those guys, they, they will definitely come in and make it, make that impression. Uh, once they walk into that locker room, the youth will look at them and say, oh, okay, th- it's game time. Yeah. You know, they, they, they mean business. And, th- and that's all it takes. And, like, people want to knock Claude Giroux, but he doesn't have to be the most vocalist guy. He just walks in the room and commands presence. Yeah. Like, all eyes are on G, and that's what I keep telling everybody. You know, everybody wants to hate on G and stuff and say he's not a leader. When he walks in that room, every single head goes like this. You could ask Charlie, ask anybody, ask Bill. Every head goes like this. When when he's in the center, of, surrounded by media, you know, at training camp and stuff, everybody is, like, focused on G. Yeah. And Nolan Patrick, believe it or not, a few years ago said, hey, do you want do you want to go to him? And I said, no. You know, I have an interview with you. I want, I want to finish up. You know, this is uh, a few years ago. This is uh, the 2017-18 season anyway. 
And uh, he was like, oh, you could go, you could go to Claude. I was like, no, I have an interview with you. That's how much like they mean, like Claude means to people. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, you go to the guy, you know, so a lot of times he doesn't really necessarily have to be vocal, but you're going to get a lot of leadership from these guys. And I, and I think that that is a big thing is leadership. These gentlemen, these players needed somebody to be pissed off. You know, like Ray Emery, you know, um, yeah. years back before he passed, rest in peace. But, you know, when they were getting bulldozed by Washington, like seven to one or something to that nature, goes out the center ice, just skates down the ice and beats the hell out of Holby. Yeah. Like, he was pissed off. That's yeah. what I wanted to see from the Flyers this year. Like, I wanted to see them. You're losing nine nothing, six one, seven one, eight one, you know, every other night. And it's like, hold on. Nobody is mad. There's not one fight, not one person showing emotion. I got problems with that. Yep. You know, it's, it's, if you, they're going to lose games and they will this year, even five, one or four, one and stuff. There will be those games like that, but it's the way you lose. It's how I, that's how, that's what the problem I had is the yeah. way they lost these games. It was like the, the, the heart was out of this team. It was like, Oh, whatever. We'll just roll over. Let it go. You know, no, no, it's an 82. It was a 56 game season. No, it's not rollover. You're playing your, you're just playing your division. I wonder if that affected them a little bit because their, their division this year was a little bit, you know, uh, I don't want to say lopsided. Uh, hang on here. Siri wanted to turn on. Oh, Sorry, nice. Siri, we're, we're doing a <laughs> podcast here. Uh, um, it seemed a little bit heavier, right? And um, it seemed as the year went on, things kind of snowballed for the Flyers, yeah. and they just kept getting beat up and beat up and beat up. They did. They, they didn't have anybody to kind of respond. You know, you're going to send Scott Law, and he's not the biggest guy in the world, and you kind of need him for offense. You know, Lindblom ends up dropping the gloves. They just didn't have anybody, you know, that had a set of balls on him this year. Isn't and, it uh, embarrassing that Lindblom had to drop the mitts? It is, yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it says a lot about a lot about him, though. You know, after. Oh, he's a warrior. Yeah, I think going what he going through what he went through, and you know, God forbid, because it's it's such a uh, a shitty situation. Yeah. You know, he he came out stronger on the other end, so it's kind of like, yo, dude, I just beat cancer. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna punch me in the face? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like I think it made him stronger uh, as a as a person, a hockey player. And, you know, having a guy like that as your teammate now, it's, hey, how can you how can you not, you know, run through a brick wall for a guy like that? You know what I mean? So, oh, when you uh, see Oscar Lindblom dropping the mitts, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that team should have been motivated right there and said, hey, you know, that's it. We see our guy out there. Uh, he fought for his life. Now we're going to fight for him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure they did. You know, this the season, it just didn't turn out that way. But I think that um, – you know, this year is a different year to where Oscar Lindblom is going to have to drop the mitts. You don't want Oscar Lindblom dropping no. the mitts. If Oscar Lindblom or Travis Konechny or such is dropping the mitts, we got a problem. Yeah, I agree. You know, in my opinion. I thought that last year anyway. Uh, you know, just even with the team, like somebody should drop the mitts, whether it be Michael Raffle or, you know, or something, you know, drop the mitt. Like, it, it, but in any sense, I don't think that's going to happen this year. You got Rossmus Rissalainen out there. He's going to be pissed off. You know, you even got Ryan Ellis out there. 
who, 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 who could jab and fight with the best of them as well. He's had his fair share of bouts over the years as well. Let's not forget that. He might be, he might be a little small, you know, 5'10", but don't – he's feisty. Yep. And he gets in those corners and, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll tag a guy real quick. And, and that's what I like about Ellis. And when you're looking at these contracts in terms of Dougie Hamilton or you're looking at Seth Jones or, you know, you're looking at, you know, some other right-handed defensemen, you know, even Rossmus Rissolainen, you're looking how much the Flyers paid for him. Oh, I'll take I'll take Rossmus. I'll take I'll take Ryan Ellis. I'll take them over the, you know the the other two you know that I mentioned in terms of Seth Jones or Dougie Hamilton because they're getting in the term and you know not only term but you're getting in the AAV there. Oh uh, yeah, big time. Let me ask you a question. Of all the moves the uh, Chuck Fletcher pulled off over the last week and a week and a half or so, which one is your favorite? Uh, my favorite one that I like I, I I like Ryan Ellis. That is my favorite one and. I wanted Ellis, uh, you know, from, from uh, I'd say around like two months ago or whatever. I just, I, I, when you're looking at it, Provorov needed somebody. And Ellis reminds me of like uh, Kimo Timonen. Hmm. And Kimo Timonen was one of the best Flyers defensemen that has ever suited up for this organization. And I think he will get his day here, you know, sooner rather than later. But he reminds me a lot of Kimo. Like he closes gaps well. Uh, he's that leader inside the locker room, like like we mentioned, you know, in terms of like having a presence and just commanding a presence. Uh, he will do that. Uh, he'll come. He'll wrap guys up and bang them in the corners. Uh, he'll do anything it takes to win. Ryan Ellis was definitely my favorite, uh, you know, acquisition. Yeah, it's hard to disagree, man. It's mine, too. You know, for the, a lot of the reasons you mentioned, hey, they got him for a 2.5 yep. or whatever, less than. You know, Seth yeah. Jones would have cost or Dougie Hamilton would have cost. And, yeah. You know, he's the perfect uh, compliment to Provorov or Provorov to compliment him either way. Um, a lot of reasons to like the deal. He's going to be here for five, six yeah. years. Um, yeah. And then the Atkinson trade, I got to say, it's like right up there for me, man. I never thought yeah, I would be I this like excited for Cam Atkinson, but I can't wait to see this guy hit the ice. And the fact that he's so excited to play for the Flyers, I think, gets me a little bit juiced up even more. I think you like the Atkinson deal because we got rid of Voracek. I, I think <laughs> that that's probably what you know more or less what it is. And uh, yeah, Atkinson is going to be a very good player, and I think it may, may have been a gritty shirt too. Like he came up and, <laughs> like you said, he was juiced up and stuff. He yeah. showed more emotion than the entire Flyers, you know, entire Flyers team did last year. Did, you know, just in his first interview life. with the media and stuff. And I, I really liked it. And, yeah, I, I can see why you like Atkinson a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. So a lot to be excited for. Uh, a lot of moves in the last week. Uh, we mentioned, I think the only guy we left out is uh, the great Nate Thompson. Who? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I like that signing. It's a deaf signing. I, I wouldn't, you know, I've seen some people on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like really hate the signing, saying that he would block prospects. He's not blocking anybody. Uh, I mean, he's a four C, you yeah. know, at best. He, but right now he's a thirteenth or fourteenth forward. Uh, you know, when you're penciling stuff in and stuff, uh, he's not blocking anybody. If 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 anything, they need that. Tanner Lazinski needs to stay healthy. That's been his whole niche. I love Tanner. So, I, I I'm very high on Tanner, but he needs to stay healthy. And, you know, if he can stay healthy, then he could be the 4C. You know, everyone just needs to stay healthy and, you know, push forward. I think it's healthy competition. If NAK wants to stay in the lineup, then, hey, you got to beat out 
Nate Thompson. Yeah. If Tanner Lazinski wants to make, make this team, hey, guess what? You got to beat out a vet. You know, beat him out. You know, that's and, and that's it. And, and Tanner's done a lot for my career and stuff, but he'll tell you. He'll tell you the truth. He'll, he'll tell you exactly what I just said. He's got to stay healthy. I agree, man. That, that To me, that's how it should be. And it's been the yep. first time in a, a long time uh, yep. where the Flyers, you know, have an actual NHL roster from, you know, line one to line four and, you know, pair one to pair three. And if you want to, if you want to play on the Philadelphia Flyers, you're going to have to make the roster, you know, whereas, you know, in the past, the last four or five years or so, it's been, okay, you know, Nolan Patrick's going to try out for our second center or third center, you know, uh, this guy, that guy. And that's great because you want to see guys develop and it's a reason to watch the Flyers. But competition, in my opinion, it breeds success. You know, if if you want to play, like the cream rises to the top, right? And, hey, if if you don't got what, if you don't have what it takes, unfortunately you're just not going to be there where you got to work harder, you know? Uh, So I couldn't agree with that more. Um, We're a little bit over 25 minutes in. I know it's Friday night here. You got uh, some festivities to get to. Um, So why don't we put a bow on this one, Jamie? It's been awesome having you on. I I feel like you might be a little bit hungry too. We we talked a lot about food here. Salami, McRibs, McDonald's. I'm going to have some salami and cheese here. (laughs) I'm going to platter made. There you go, bro. Flying salami coming on that ice. I'm telling you (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, a howitzer. Dude, you know, that's that, great. That's it, man. And you know what? They're going to teach Ivan Proprov to become that quarterback of the power play. We got to start dude, this up, man. Flying <laughs> salamis, for real. <laughs> great coming on, man. Flying salami. Dude, you know? I love it. <laughs> Jamie, where can people find your work and where can they find you uh, on uh, Twitter? Well, they can, they can find me at, uh, at Jamie Basco on Twitter or Flyers Nitty Gritty. Uh, there's a lot of good content coming out, and uh, we got a lot of good uh, prospect profiles coming out and just a lot of good videos coming out. And lo- we will write one article per day uh, that, that, that's throughout the uh, entire offseason. Now it begins since I'm on vacation now. So, but oh, uh, well deserved, by the way. Enjoy. Uh, thanks a lot, man. Well, you deserve <laughs> it too, man. You've been busting your butt, man. You're doing like uh, no off seasons here, man. We, I, we need to get we, we need to uh, get our shit together over here. No off seasons uh, yet for us. You'll get it. You'll get it. <laughs> Dude, uh, excellent work. You and your Eve doing great things over there. Actually, everybody at Flyers Nitty Gritty, you guys pump out a lot of content, a lot of great shows. So, uh, whoever's listening, make sure you go out and and, and check out Flyers Nitty Gritty. You guys are great. One of the nicest guys around, Mr. Jamie Baskell. Once again, thanks for hanging out, man. Thanks, bud. We're going to wrap this up. Great coming on for your fans. Hey, awesome, dude. Have a, have a good weekend. We'll talk soon.